Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. We're going to round out your 4th of July week, your holiday week, with one that uh, we had to wait a little while on because we wanted to get the right people here to talk about it. Uh, talking about Laura Mavula's new album, The Dreaming Room, and our uh, guest panelist today, Marcus Dowling. Uh, you know him from around town. Now you actually should know him from uh, Getting Over with Marcus K. Dowling. New podcast he's got out that he he's talking on and I'm producing. It's a, it's sort of a, it's sort of a jam. It's awesome. Uh, and also the senior editor at, over at Bandcamp, the new editorial site they just launched. Our friend Marcus J. Moore, uh, you know him. So Marcus Moore was the one who introduced me to this album and said, "No, you you gotta pay attention. It's coming down to the pipes." So I've been listening to it for a couple months now, trying to figure out when we're going to do this. Worked out this weekend, so uh, here we are. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Laura Mavula's album, and we are going to be talking about the recently announced uh, Apple looking into buying Tidal. You know, you are uh, used to our Tidal talks here, but again, you know, with, with Marcus being at Bandcamp, that's a unique perspective because you know, they are a streaming service. They're also a retail outlet. This is this affects, like, not only them, but a lot of people in this space. So uh, we get a little deep into that and uh, and see if we can come up with some solutions or what, we, what we're going to look forward to in the uh, you know Apple Skynet world that lays before us. Uh, so that's your podcast this week. Uh, got really not, nothing else to say, man. Uh, so I guess without further ado, let's just get going on the thing. Here you go. This is episode number 198 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, where we're reviewing the new album from Laura Mavula, The Dreaming Room. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter... One man was merely a two-word review. He just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next one. That right there he is a wonderful sound. Holiday weekend, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Dowling, you've been down here quite a bit. <laughs> uh, our our thing is uh, is about to come out. I know, man. It's, this is not. This is gonna be out after it. Actually, yeah, it's gonna but, be out after it. Yeah, so. a, little, a few weeks after it. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. yeah. And then uh, somebody let this motherfucker in the basement, Marcus Moore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's going on? You this open guy. the door, man. Yeah, I mean, this you, got, guy. You, got, you got the billboard. You got your you got your shirt on. <laughs> yeah. uh, Marcus, Marcus, Marcus Moore, senior editor of Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah. Does, it, yeah, get, yeah. does it get old hearing hearing people say that? No, it doesn't. It <laughs> no. doesn't. I'm still not used to it yet, man. Um, we uh, we put this off. We were trying to do this uh, a couple weeks ago, but we wanted to do it. I wanted to do this specifically when you were here because you were the one who said, "Hey, you should do this one." Here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so talking about, uh, Laura Mavula, yeah, yeah, her album "The Dreaming Tree" is out now. Dreaming room, dreaming room. room. Excuse me, yes, uh, is that is out now, and uh, it is fantastic as you're going to hear us tell tell you about it. Uh, before that, you know, we have spent the better part of this year. Talking about title, yes. Our title talks have become legendary. They're generally where the greatest comedy comes in in this show. <laughs> and I don't know if this is going to be funny or sad or what the fuck's going on with this. 
but uh, it, it came out on, uh, I think it was Thursday, and I didn't believe it. I was getting texts that, uh, that Apple was in preliminary talks to buy Tidal. So uh, if you don't know, let's see, Jay-Z went to Apple for Beats. Yeah. yeah. Then they bought Beats from him. With that money, he went and bought Tidal, and now he's getting bought back into Apple. Right. First thing I want to address <laughs> is, uh, you know, because there was also, it came out this week, that Spotify is is hitting on Apple and saying, you know, they, their app was rejected. Hey, man. They're, no, their app was rejected. Yeah. And uh, that means it can't be updated unless they do things. I don't think they released why, because I think it's an NDA where they can't say. Yeah. But so they, they took the opportunity to bang on them and say, you know, hey, and, and what the fuck is up with this where they get $3 more per subscription mm. uh, when people subscribe on their phones and they don't pay it back in the music industry. Uh, coincidentally, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren is thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in this uh, midpoint in the, this is not quite the battle of the bastards, but in this, in this midpoint of the streaming wars, where do you guys think we are here? Well, I mean, now it's two horse race. It is. It's, you know, Apple, and it's yeah. Apple against Spotify. Like, and Apple has... No Deezer? No. No. <laughs> not, no, not no Pandora, none of that. No, it's... Apple has Apple Music now, and they've obviously... They want to do big name stars beating down the door. Like, it's like, okay, now you now you bring in title, you're bringing in, you know, Kanye and Rihanna and Jay the and... The Prince catalog. Right, the Prince right, catalog. That's right, Prince, that's right. All of these artists are now like part of Team Apple, so Apple has like you know the the superpowers, mm-hmm. and Spotify over here, they have yet to figure out who they want to team with artist wise because Apple's smart in realizing that people side with stars, they side with star power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spotify has a has a fine service. I'm a Spotify user myself. Yeah, they have a fine service, great interface. You know, especially the uh, the mobile app. It's it's excellent. But the thing that they haven't realized yet is that they're thinking that it's like people just want music. They want the industry of recorded music. They want to have access to this music and we are going to do things. We're going to chop it up and screw it up and put it out there in different ways. But and, and there's value in that, but they haven't figured out a way to use that value and turn it into a marketing plan that draws any money. Right, because and, they yeah. pay out 84% of their right, income. Right, right, right. So Apple has figured out, okay... Here's the plan that draws money. We have all the stars. Not that Spotify doesn't have all the stars, but Apple could say they have all the stars because, you know, like Kanye's music is going to come out first on Apple Music. On Apple, right. Rihanna's music is going to come out first on Apple Music. Not on Spotify, but Apple. Apple, Apple, Apple. And they could push it like a... Right. Yeah. Right. They could beat you over the head with it. But, I mean, is this uh, exclusiveopolis... Uh, good for what we're doing. I mean, you're a band camp. I don't know how much you can speak to this, Marcus, yeah. but you know, you guys are, are a streaming service. Yeah. And uh, but you're the little guys right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, if it really does turn into the big, there's just two big things, and it's an exclusivity war. Like, what does that mean to the smaller services that are? more uh, artist-focused, artist-facing, and, like, serving both the community and the artists that are using it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I guess just from the inside looking out, I can say for sure that um, we actually revel in being, you know, we want to be the little guy. Mm -hmm. Because 
we need like that audience needs to be taken care of. And just looking at our numbers, you know, when we when we cover bigger artists, you know, when we have like bigger features, readers don't care about them, you know, because they figure they can get that content somewhere else. Yeah. Or they can stream that somewhere else. So Bandcamp specifically is focused on the little guys, so to speak, the indie guys, because if you have enough of those people on your team and enough of those people who are on your side, you're still going to win. You know, we're still doing yeah. okay. Yeah. Whereas with Apple, I mean, Apple is a more, you know, Apple and Spotify, they're readily identifiable. So people are going to know like, okay, yeah. if I want the new Kanye, I'm gonna go to Apple or whatever, whatever. And that's totally fine for us. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're totally good in that regard. And, and to be clear right now, Spotify is, Trouncing Apple. Yes. Mm-hmm. They just hit a hundred million subscribers. Mm. I'm not sure how many of those are paying. Right. But that's a yeah. hundred million subscribers. They have a free tiered service and a paid tiered service. And uh, Apple has something like 12. But Apple had to make that move with, with Tidal because Apple was losing market share because people thought they were the bad guys. There's a perception in my mind that people sure. think that Apple are the bad guys because they were made to be the bad guys by the Taylor Swift of the world and people like that. And that and that negative branding has affected them severely, mm-hmm. obviously, because Spotify is beating them soundly right now. Yeah. But now when you... Except for the fact that Apple isn't... Ha- well, Apple may be hemorrhaging money, but it doesn't matter to Apple. No, but no. they don't care. They're, they're, they're ready to lose money to win. Right. Right. So the thought, though, is that the one thing that Spotify can do that Apple cannot do is that Spotify could double down on the internet working or, or the digital age working as, be- as well backwards as it does forwards. One of the things that Spotify's really bolstered in the last couple of months, and I know this only because I'm a Spotify user... Mm-hmm is their playlist service. Yeah. And their ability to take their old music and take their new music as well with a discovery and just give you quality you know, access to different and new music or even old music you haven't heard in a long time. Like they're yeah. able to like really dive in and do that. So it, the key is being able to access the older music that's available in the world that is not truly on streaming or streaming applicable and making that more part of a part of a robust like playlist and yeah older yeah, music service yeah. yeah i mean it's uh, i mean I, I subscribe to both and uh that that uh discovery playlist that you speak of it doesn't do a lot for me but i'm a rare case i think we're all right like, yeah i think if yeah. any of us looked at that and we're like holy shit what's this right like that would be I, I, then i would be like i'm abandoning every other service and spotify got me right yeah uh, but but i will say compared to apple's service you know their for you thing i mean both are sort of based on algorithms and at first it was neat uh with apple music how tuned in it was to what it matched me to mm-hmm. but it doesn't change so right. Spotify is definitely winning on that. Yeah. At yeah. least in Spotify, every week is going to be a bunch of different stuff. And I, I don't need to be told that Graham Parsons' album uh, exists every other week. Like, yeah. right. I, I know. I, I've <laughs> I, listened I, to I, it 40 I, times. Right. Yeah. You know, and when I see a, a Hollow Notes Deep Cuts, I'm like, you don't know Deep Cuts, Apple. No. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. That's I know true. the Deep Cuts. Right. Um, and, you know, so beyond these uh, exclusives and stuff, maybe that could be the space where, where this comes down to a competition because you know as we mentioned apple does have all the money and any business i think is this is right any business their goal is to be the one even though yeah. monopoly is illegal yeah. in yeah. america but any goal is to be the one is to be the one yeah and apple is i mean streaming's the future yes no oh yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. oh yeah absolutely this, 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 this is what it is so if you're going to be in the game 
like Apple is gonna mean I mean this shit is gonna be ugly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want but I and we've talked about it a lot. I don't want to go though uh like I use Apple Music the the, the here's the here's the thing about Apple Music that works for me and why they got me. Because we laughed about that. We're like they're gonna be dead in a week. Um because nobody needs it. But I can take and throw an album into my iTunes here and it shows up on my phone. And that may not seem like much if you listen to a lot of like popular music, but if you get advances, if you mm-hmm. have a lot of old music that isn't on services, that's massive. It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, that's that's pretty much my daily thing now. It's yeah. like, okay, you get all these advances, these promos. Like you said, you download it, and then I can play it on my way to the subway or whatever. Yep. And I think that's why I lean more towards Apple than Spotify. Yeah. Right. Like I, just by virtue of our jobs, I think we have to have both just to yes. kind of compare and contrast. But for me personally, like, you know, I've been on this real heavy, most deaf kick, um, black on both sides. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I'm like, you know, um, why don't I have that on my iPod? I can just go to Apple and just add it and it's right there. Yeah. yeah. And it's on every computer that I have. So I think yeah. that for me is why I lean towards that. Yeah, because there is so much music. And this is the other side of that. Like you said, mentioned that it is on every computer. Mm-hmm. When you deal with like mass consumers of music like we are, you forget. Yeah. Like I I mean my my most valuable feature right now is my recently added on my phone because mm-hmm. I don't know what I added 3 or 4 days ago and I can go and be like, "Oh, I did this, I did this." Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to listen to this, I need to listen to this. And Spotify started out where it would match that stuff, but it doesn't yeah. it doesn't have the matching the uh not released or obscure stuff. Right. Yeah. Which is and I think that might be where Senator Warren steps in and is like, hey, you guys have the hardware and you're monopolizing yeah. it because, yeah. um, you know, would we be okay with one streaming service? I mean, is that... We're, we're going in that direction, I think. I mean, this is... And it's there, There's a moment when the things that Spotify does well mm-hmm. are now very obvious, like the playlist and, uh, you know, like that's their thing and they're doing podcasts now and that's their thing like they're like we're gonna like focus on these things as things that we can like really cultivate as our like bread and butter and for apple it's like star driven because they're apple they Mm -hmm. have to have Mm -hmm. stars that's why they bought title because title had access to all the stars like is is spotify much like rdo was uh and and rest in peace rdo and rdo was the best service period Mm -hmm. yes uh is spotify more of an intellectual property than a service at this point yeah, and I think because audio definitely was. I mean, they got bought up and scrapped by Pandora, and Pandora keeps saying, "Oh, we're coming back." It doesn't no, matter. Not Nobody, back. No, no, they're not coming back. To me, they they are. But I think that another thing you were forgetting about with Spotify is that, again, this playlist service is a huge thing to me. I think uh-huh. it's huge. Yeah. If they're able to get into the retail marketplace, if they're able to like have like H and M's nationwide, H and M's worldwide plugging in with Spotify playlists. It's big. Yeah. That's big money that they can like save themselves with. Cause I think that when Apple, this is a big, how do you turner. beat it though? When, when you're talking about like intellectual property, software versus hardware? Well, it's the software is that they're able to become a part of the retail marketplace. They're able to become like the, the go-to service for, like you know, large corporations. So sure, like, sure, sure. you could like the corporations could buy the intellectual property. They can lease it. Okay. At big giant numbers, like 
You know, if like, if like the United Center in Chicago had access to Spotify throughout the entire which, building, which they probably do. I mean, right. yeah. they have a. Yeah, I mean, I, a, I tried to look into a, a branded playlist like Spotify for brands, and they're like, "Would you like to spend twenty five thousand dollars a month with us?" I said, "No, right? <laughs> I don't well, want to do that." Sorry, but so think about that. Like, they're able to do that, and if they're able to maximize that, it turned out into like their brand, like uh-huh. thing that they hang their hat on. Like, we are the 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 we're the the app for McDonald's. Okay. And that's the thing that they can do, and they can, you know, like plug in that way. And that's the way to, for them to just stay their head above water because Apple has money to lose. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing people don't understand yeah, so. just how much money Apple can lose to do this. Like, they bought Tidal. They just really walked up to Jay Z like for like a buck. Though. Yeah, like, yeah, really, like, yeah. like but they still walked up to Jay Z. I mean, they they haven't bought like, it yet to be clear. Yeah, they're, they're talking they're, about they're it. Go, they're going. To, it's like, it's just, a matter of time. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like they're just going to walk up to Jay Z and be like, okay, here's the check. So this, this is blank here. Yeah, you write a number in, and we'll give it to you. Just let us know what that number is. Within. Is it to wipe? The, is it because they really like the technology, or is it to wipe the competition off the floor? I think it's competition. I think it's, it's competition. Yeah, they yeah. want to wipe the competition off the floor because, like you said, I mean, it's cool with having it's cool with having competition, but it's better not to have any competition. It's, it's, yeah. the, it's the rebrand of it. Like, think about Apple now rebranding with Beats One Radio featuring Drake. Yeah. Then you have, along with Drake, like, think about this. Drake beats one radio. Zane Lowe, all these, you know, big, iconic names on the radio side. Then it's, like, on just, like, the actual, like, musical side, it's, like, we have exclusives from Rihanna and Jay-Z and Beyonce and Kanye West. And they can just run down it's like a the list. clear channel of, of streaming services? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair comparison. You guys know about the Bob stations, right? Yeah. Where where it's just like a computer generated playlist. And, oh yeah, and like yeah, everybody yeah. subscribes to them. Yeah, so it just becomes that. That's all it is, and then they can because if you do, if you don't if I don't show you my phone and say hey check this out look how this matched yeah it's gonna be the same playlist for everybody. So then you know yeah and then think about this it's just like maybe you like this it's like <laughs> man you're smart <laughs> like this so, so we look at ours and we're like yeah. it's exactly the same yeah, I know like I'll, uh, I'll call this too about where Apple's going with this as well. They could do a festival mm. in a year or two. They do one, the iTunes Music Festival in London. Yeah. Every year. Yeah, but they could really brand this yeah, out yeah, yeah. in a bigger be a big way thing. because they could do, like, you know, because on the, on the, the radio side, they've like, they, they, they switch out DJs every so often. Mm-hmm. So they have the DJs already set. Like, these are like top EDM names. So you could do like the DJ side. And then on like the musical side that's non electronic, right, right. there's now like, at artists that are truly affiliated in a very real, like, financial way with Apple. And they're, like, Apple-branded artists. So it's, like, a festival featuring all artists all that are artists, yeah. exclusively branded to Apple. And so, people love the term exclusive. So to go all the way down the rabbit hole, uh, and then after that, I want somebody, maybe off mic, to explain to me, Zane Lowe, who the fuck this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how... This this ultimately becomes not that much different than labels. No, that's no. what it is. It's totally a label. So are we just heading towards the same thing over and over again? Yeah. We're, just, yeah. we're gonna have the same fights. And I think this is where Bandcamp fits into this, like very nicely, because it is the one of the last, one of the only uh truly independent things. I mean, you yeah. guys get a cut if an artist uses you, but 
that's expected. You you built the platform. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, the artist gets a cut. I mean, excuse me. Um, Bandcamp gets a cut, but the artist gets more of like yeah, they get absolutely. to control what they put up, the sound quality they put up, and all of that. Yeah. So that's what makes us stand out for sure. Yeah. And now with the editorial arm, though, you guys are doing more. It's almost like an advocacy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're curating all of that stuff. Yeah. And it's our job to just kind of go through the website to make sure we're getting all that we can. You know, whereas I don't know, Apple doesn't do that. Hopefully, I'm not giving them any ideas. But no, no. <laughs> Apple doesn't do that. Spotify doesn't do no, that. I mean, that, that that's their ideas are, are again Zane Low, and, right, and they, yeah. they bring in brand names and they put it out yeah. there and be like, any expect people to like get yeah. hyped about that. And like, so, so, so tell me, Zane Low is just a DJ, BBC, a big DJ, ex BBC Radio One DJ. That was like the first big bring for Apple to their brand to be able to say and, we. And are, why do I care about his opinion? You care about his opinion because he was on the BBC and he's been, he's the okay. guy who like really kind of like fused like the rap progressive dance space into a thing that could be okay. made a top 40 radio style okay. thing. Okay. And this is probably an ignorant question, but like personally, I would, you know, listen to Giles Peterson before Zane. Yeah. Like, what's the difference? Okay. Well, Giles is indie. Okay. All, like, like, like fiercely indie to a point where it's like he's gonna break Drake when Drake is still making mixtapes. Okay, got it. Zane, Zane Lowe is, is breaking the... Drake when Drake is like doing the song with Skepta. All right, got it. You know, like there's yeah. a, there's that difference. Because I had the same saying. question. I was like Zane Lowe. I keep seeing his name, but I'm like, oh, yeah. There's okay. a, there's the difference there. You know, like yeah. and, I mean that's that's like well, I mean we all had our radio stations. We all had our, our DJs we listened to, but like they were just guys spinning records. Yeah. So if you there's tell me something like touch. that, like I gotta know, like how is this guy better than the guy who was on Z100? Exactly. Because that guy was playing Prince for me. Yeah, like on request. Yeah, so he's not better. Whereas, <laughs> like, you know, I see Zoe Zane uh, every so often. I'm like, uh, all right, yeah. okay, it's a guy. Z- Zane gets that pop record. Zane gets the crossover pop record before everybody else does. Okay, that record that's going to take the underground thing and make it the mainstream thing. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that breaks the record because he's the guy with the BBC, you know, icon, you know, icon around him. Like you're the. Because you know BBC has this this like mythical mythical yeah. notion of being progressive, so yeah. it's like yeah, so you're gonna break this progressive pop record into the mainstream and shove it into the mainstream, give it the big shove so that it just sticks. That's and his also BBC brand. has a weird cachet. If you think about how we've done, we had three networks like growing up, and then there, then slowly you had cable and stuff rolling out. Yeah. but England until historically fairly recently just had the bbc right mm-hmm. and you had very had a few flavors of the bbc so yeah. i mean and that's a very different way to build a reputation because if you are like on the voice of the country right like you're the voice i don't care what country you're the voice of the country right you know if you're doing it for, like if Bandcamp is also in the voice of the country you're doing that it's like well fuck the whole country knows who you are <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. you're important like that and so it's less competition um in um i, I guess start to, to to wrap up this this part of the show uh in this uh darkest timeline though where apple is going to stop whoever um do does a thing like Bandcamp survive? Do we want more like I say Bandcamp clones, mm-hmm. but uh, more independent stuff? And like, is that as consumers and as like lovers of art, is that what we start to look for? I mean, it, it do we run away from the monoculture and just like trust it as like again a hardware delivery system? 
Well, you know, I, I think, um, you know, a site like Bandcamp or any other site like that, it's like we're in a time now musically where people are looking for the weird indie stuff. Yeah. You know, and that stuff can become mainstream. And so I think if you put more focus on sites like that or streaming services like that, mm-hmm. then, um, you know, there are going to be people that are going to seek it out. I mean, obviously, you know, when you look at an Apple or a Spotify, people are going to go to that because it's Apple and the Spotify. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, and you're not going to get Kanye on Bandcamp and all that good stuff. But I think there's always going to be a space for there's a for sp- like BC. Good. There's and a stuff space like for two other players in this whole game. I think that if somebody seriously took a look at Audio Mac and had Audio Mac do content, that would be amazing. And also, what's Audio Mac? Audio Mac is just a, a, a site that you know, like where you're able to get like you know, basically more rap than anything else. Okay, kind yeah. of like fresh out of the box, like rap singles, like. Typically, stuff on Audio Mac gets taken down before it goes up. Yeah, because they make it available for download. Yeah, so that's the big thing. And um, yeah. God, like if uh, what's today? If um, so Audio, Audio Mac not, like not like a Dat Piff thing. If Dat Piff did content, yeah, for underground rap artists breaking out, they could damage the whole game. Yeah, like they could, but if they if they did content right, like if you had intelligent people. Writing about underground rap, yeah, in the way that in the way that we used to write about underground rap records in like 2007, yeah, and 2008, when we were like young and fresh and excited, and every rap record was like the best rap record we'd ever heard, yeah. If you had that kind of excitement around that site, and you were able to say, okay, complex, okay, like right, genius, okay, like all these sites that are doing like rap content and they're breaking artists that they're just grabbing out of the ether mm-hmm. at this point they're grabbing them from the ether like yeah. cardi b appeared one day out of the 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 the, the venus and a half shell and was an artist we should care about and then yeah. it's like so if so so if like a place like dat piff could literally sift through all that in the same way that Bandcamp does mm-hmm. and just yeah. choose the stuff that matters and say okay and like Bandcamp's not going to get like the like like the top dollar Sweezy record. No, 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 no. We're, no. <laughs> that's a blind spot for sure. Right, but, but that's the thing. But, but that's that, the thing that that end, journalism. To that end, it's it's uh, it's sort of on people, I think, to like albums like that or artists like that to say this is an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you don't like your record deal? Go to Bandcamp. Yeah. Go, go to Dat Piff. Like right. yeah. figure out something. Dat yeah. Piff could change the whole game if they went and then, content. Oh my god! Like when, when you stop, when you stop and think about, it, I thought about this a couple of days ago. If they did content, it'd be crazy. It would be crazy. Like, or if like DJ Booth did like streaming or something. Like yeah, that. Right, yeah. Right. Right. That'd right. be crazy too. Yeah. Because their content is very solid. Yes, you know, it is. They have, they have Broken Cool over there now. Yeah. Oh yeah. really? Yes. He's oh, at DJ okay. Booth. So. Okay. Yeah, they're they're taking it seriously. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but. well, I, I mean, I, I think it's on people like us and anybody listening, like, to figure out how this goes forward. Mm-hmm. There has there has to be something uh, that it because as soon as you dial it back to two, artists are getting fucked again, and there has to be somewhere where these two things can coexist. And people now, people that deserve to get paid. Mm-hmm. If you're just farting into your microphone and putting it up on Bandcamp, I mean, if somebody <laughs> gives you money, if somebody's free to give you money, that's I hear, a that, I hear a lot of that stuff early now. Early, so it's eating the burrito. It's not the fart. There's, there's a lot yes. of stuff on there. Yeah, uh, but but <laughs> but 
you know, there has to be a way for these two things to coexist. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I think now's the time to figure it out before it's too late and you get stuck into like two, one, you know, yeah. or, or even like government mandated streaming. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh my god. Let's not go there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's a possibility. Yeah. Like, or, or if communities of kids just want to get together, like like in the OK Player days, and just like talk about good music, there's yeah. a space for yeah. that too. Like there's really a space for that. Like yeah. if kids, if if kids that actually really like indie rock got together and decided to create something else as well, and just created like no. a message board to talk about indie rock it's music. A lot of what we're talking about on getting over. That's I think that's the point. Yeah, it's just what, do that. Like like there there is not a better time, especially for like the indie rock space where you like I told, you are. I, I was talking yeah. to somebody who runs runs a thing in town. I won't yeah. name it, but uh, they're they're a uh, local music advocate, mm-hmm. and they're not. They've been doing it a while, and it's not that effective, and it's. Uh, it's 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 good spirited, but uh, they they have experience with like legislating stuff. And I said to him, I saw him at the Black Milk Show, and I said to him, "Hey, you know, you're a lawyer. Don't worry about the public face of this. Get yeah. up in City Hall and walk the fuck out of it. Mm-hmm. Like if you if this is the stuff you care about, like just do be the lawyer. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry about people loving you. Like be the lawyer, and then then look back and be like, hey, this because this is all good." That's true because it's about the art at the end of the day. It is about the I'm art. Gonna, it's about the art. Yeah, a, a random point. I'm going to tell Bryce to start a message board on a random nerd site <laughs> for people to talk about indie rock. <laughs> you don't want that, man. I do want that. I want that all the way. Well, here's another random point. Okay, player should have been pitchfork. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're absolutely yes. right. I should have been pitchfork. Yes. Yes. As a former OKP, we were snarky way before pitchfork. Was oh, snarky. yeah. And I always said, like, they ran, even when OKP was doing reviews, yeah, they sh- totally should have been pitched for. Mm-hmm. I, as much as, I the mean, money the wasn't in the space, though. Exactly. Right. And it hasn't changed over the years. So, mm-hmm. another random point, but yeah, something yeah, that's yeah, been yeah, bothering yeah, yeah. me for years. But yeah, Bryce, if you want to start an indie rock message board on random nerds, <laughs> you should do that, like, right now. Worst idea ever. That's why, <laughs> that's why it has to be done. <laughs> uh, well, you know. We uh, <laughs> hopefully uh, Linda Hamilton will save us from our our Skynet Ooh. future. And then uh, you guys are going to talk about some uh, Laura Mavula. Let's, Let's do, do it. that. When your heart is broken down, 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 and your head don't reach the sky, take your broken wings and fly. The name of that track is Overcome. Uh, it is Laura Mavula. The, the Dreaming Room. I got it right this time. Yes. Yes, yes you did. It's important yes, that I did. get it right because uh, Miss Mavula like, demands the proper respect. <laughs> yes. I think. Uh, her, her debut AP was she in 2012. In 2013, she came out with an album called Sing uh, to the Moon. 
Uh, and I put this together, Marcus, why you suggested this, because that's in large part a jazz record. Yeah. It's a very very much like jazz inflected. It's very uh, it's very orchestral. In fact, she went on in 2014 to re-record that uh, with an orchestra. Uh, the uh, Metropole Orchestra, uh, conducted by Jules mm-hmm. Buckley. And I I just started listening to it today, and I was like, holy, right. holy right. crap. Um, from Birmingham, England. Um, and she was actually working as a supply teacher. She went to school for music, uh, composition and stuff, like a lot of, I think, the best artists tend to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just talked about Mitski, actually, uh, oh, last yeah, week. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, she's same thing. Spent four years at a conservatory. As it's Sarah DeRose. Um, and uh, she was l- literally working in a secondary school, started writing songs on a laptop and just sent them off to somebody in a major label, the RCA Sony. Mm. Heard it and was like, yeah, girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. y- you got this. Um, I The best way I can, I can characterize her as a whole, I think, is you have what you just heard, these intense, uh, very layered vocals wrapped in on this latest album, uh, sort of ditching the jazz a little more for uh, not quite full on electronic, mm-hmm. but somewhere between electronic and soul. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, and it, the effect of it is, it's a little hard to get into. But I think once you get into it, all of a sudden it's it's just a, it's just a deep pool of fucking awesome. Yeah, two points. Yeah. Um. Number one, this is the modern answer to the question that nobody had. Okay, so three things. Number one, the reason why Laura Mavula isn't a bigger star is because nobody understands why she's great. There's, there's, she like does a thing that really Explain doesn't. That, though. Okay, Roberta Flack. Yeah, is the classic comparative to Laura Mavula. Like Roberta Flack is a classically trained, you know, musician. And singer who could do everything in the musical canon. You could put her in front of an orchestra. You could have put her in front of a soul band. You could have had her sit behind a piano. And every time it's going to be great. And every time it's going to be great on a level that like other soul artists are jealous that they can't be this good. So it's like, okay, there, there's that. Then it's like, you put her out in this era for UK soul artists that's like post Amy Winehouse, mm-hmm. Adele... And there's no other thing that's out there. Like, there's no, like, we, thing we're headed to in UK vocal, like, artistry. We didn't go and, and find and, another thing. And I didn't read any press about this, really, but I know from talking to you, and, and I will fight anybody that says she sounds like Adele. Like, yeah, that's no, just, she that's just, that's just, like that's thick-headed, yeah. not thinking. That's like, oh, she's a lady who sings and she's yeah, in England. Just, yeah, that's yeah, the problem. It's like, when they put out the first album, like, the first album is, again, it's a jazz, it's a jazz record. So you go, there's a UK it soul. It also has soul. There's a that, UK. Yeah. Which so Adele, I'm sorry, people, right. she has none. So especially, it's like, so a UK soul vocalist in 2012 put out a jazz record. Everybody immediately, because, you know, we, we both write at Pitchfork. Mm-hmm. These are the kind of places where, you know, you first go, okay, so when I'm putting together this review, in my head, UK soul vocalist on a jazz record right. keys off Amy Winehouse. Yeah. And then you listen to the record, and it's like, wait. Like and it. especially for younger writers. God, this is a lesson for younger writers on this podcast about reviewing these records. Okay, so you hear UK soul jazz. Don't immediately think Amy Winehouse. Like, stop for a second Mm-mm. and, like, just listen to some jazz and listen to women singing on jazz records and don't immediately go find, like, 
the Mark Ronson sessions with Amy Winehouse. <laughs> right, exactly. Don't do that. Exactly. Like, no, that's not advisable. Yeah. Like, really dig in because that's when you find, like, the, the vast repository of, you know, like, women singing jazz over the years and you go, you know, all the way back to, like, Billie Holiday and then mm-hmm. at some point you trip across Nina Simone and that that's the point where you could have looked down and gone oh there's Laura Mavula yeah exactly there she is that's like right there and, and can, we, can fall, we stop boom. right now and if you're listening to this uh, and you don't know who Nina Simone is go, 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 go on Netflix I'm sorry yeah you gotta look at the documentary you, you right gotta now. figure it out stop listening yeah yeah because yeah. you, you won't get this you won't get a thing we're talking about right exactly. so like so Nina Simone as a Nina Simone is not a pop star by any stretch, but Roberta Flack was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I do mm-hmm. that, I go, okay. So like when I'm listening to this record, I go, like, what if these two artists had a child as a as a as a modern artist? And it's someone like Laura Bavula, who is classically trained and can do all of the singing and has like the like sensitive soul and ability to like craft her music in a way that like comes from a different side of perspective like Nina Simone could. Yeah. So you have all of that going on and it's like, all right, that's a lot of stuff that most people don't understand who are approaching music. Cause we're not in an era like in the seventies or the sixties when you approached music like this is we are approaching an artist making art. Mm-hmm. Especially with like in the UK she's positioned like an R and B star. So you're looking at someone who's positioned like a star vocalist. Yep. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like you're looking at this with any great depth and scope. Like, okay, I want to listen to this record with like, I have to stop. Like, or like, like let's say, let's say I listen to Kamasi Washington's album. I have to like stop and I have to like not do the dishes and not like be, you know, like answering email. It's like, okay, this is like a record that I must yeah, listen gotta, to yeah. and time must be paid. Same thing with the Bravula album. You have to pay attention to this record. You have to like mm-hmm. stop and listen and listen to the words that she's saying, listen to layering of the vocal, listen to the the the, the use of like say like Nile Rogers playing bass guitar and yeah. understand yep. what he, why he is there and understand what he is understand doing. Understand the significance of that. Because I mean yeah. that track, I was thinking about it today, and that track people could hear this. I mean, if you if you have to have a hook to get people in, they'd be like, Wait, that sounds sort of like Daft Punk. Yeah. Because Nile yeah, Rogers, yeah, 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 you know, and that, that's wrong because the song doesn't. But right, I mean, right. that, that it could be an easy analysis. Yeah, so the uh, fi- yeah, that was actually my final point on this is that she tried to make a modern, relevant record at points. There are points that are like getting Nile Rodgers on a record makes this a mm-hmm. modern and relevant record. Uh, Retch 32 or whatever, being the rapper on that one track, yeah, yeah. makes mm-hmm. this a modern, relevant um, people. record. Like people, yeah. Like, okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna do some modern stuff in here, mm-hmm. but I'm still gonna be like, you know, classical and jazzy and soulful. But on occasion, because I, I am a pop. She's a UK pop star. I have to do some pop stuff. And Nile Rodgers and in a rapper in 2016. It's, yeah, it's pop. Yeah, yeah. It's also. I mean, I don't think she needs to be locked in, and nobody needs to be locked into a, a certain genre. I mean, it, it's. It's sort of absurd to think that she's doing, you know, coming from like working in a jazz type world and that is not influenced by anything going on by these guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You hear. So, uh, more like for you, like being a fan of jazz that you are, this transition to a less jazz sound, which uh, we'll talk about a little more in a minute. Like, I think it is, it's just a different kind of jazz. Mm -hmm. But for this shift a little bit, like how. You, know, you were looking forward to this, right? 
Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like um, I had been listening to her for a while and I had kind of gotten hints that, okay, she's not necessarily going to be as jazzy as she was on the last record. But like you said, I mean, it, it definitely scans as a jazz record simply because there's so many different things going on just in one song. And then when you spread it out over the entirety of the full record, I mean, it's just it's very improvised. It's very um, structured. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's, it's all of these different things going on at one time. And I think she did that as a way to reach bigger, uh, a bigger platform, because I think with the last record, especially like people knew that it was great, but I felt like only small groups of people knew that it was great. Like you had to know about it or know about her to know, like it wasn't one of those like, Oh, you know, sing to the moon or, you know, no one knew about it. Yeah. Whereas with this one, you could tell that she was going for that audience. And I think she really pulled it off because, It is more accessible, but at the same time, she has um, an orchestra behind her the whole time, and it gives it yeah. a really, really big sound. Yeah, there's, right. that really there's, helps because so, it's, it's a record that really like grabs you from the opening song. Mm-hmm. There's hooks in there um, of that you can tie it back to her first album, yeah. uh, "Singing the Moon." That uh, uh, the vocals are one of them, but the orchestra is. It's just a different. It's a different usage of it, mm-hmm. and in that way, I think it is completely like still a jazz record if you consider like jazz isn't necessarily a a timber thing an instrumentation thing it's the spirit of the thing yeah and so you can have a jazz record that like you said improvise it feels like very loose uh very uh there's there's a lot of groove in this album oh yeah uh and stuff that she just like swapped out the instruments like if you charge yeah. this out for stuff for a traditional jazz like quintet or an orchestra yeah, yeah. Instead, she's like, okay, I've got some drum machines on here. I've, mm-hmm. I've got some stuff I'm doing with my vocals on here that add percussion. Yep. I'm doing all these things, uh, and I'm still it making. I'm making it. I'm I'm bringing this other audience to me, and still doing like what is important. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's like she she did all of that, and she threw all of these different elements in there, but it still works. It's like somehow. It feels like a very full record. It's very complex, but then it goes by really quickly. Yeah, like you know yeah. what it's like twelve tracks or 37 something. Thirty-seven minutes. Yeah, thirty-seven minutes. But it's like whoa, there's a lot going on in those thirty-seven minutes, yeah. and I think she hits all the points because you still have a full record, but you also keep it within the attention span of the current day listener. Yeah, you know who doesn't sure. want to listen to like a seventy-minute record or whatever. You just kind of, she gets in, gets out, and it works perfectly. Let, let let's hear uh, something that's going on in those in those thirty-seven minutes. Uh, and this was the one track that you picked, Marcus. This was uh, "Let Me Fall." Yeah, is that it? Yeah, okay. oh, yeah. that's it. Yeah.
making a point about um, musical theory. I think that's the one thing that makes Laura Mavula great is that she actually understands like, okay, so I'm going to take a timpani drum, then I'm going to use a drum machine, and then I'm going to use a rap cadence on top of both of those. So right. it's like mathematical, like a half to a is quarter it a rap cadence to or is it a jazz cadence that rap adopted? There you go. And, and but but she okay. So this record works on split levels mm-hmm. of like modern musical people who, for her in the UK, are the people that are her bread and butter, the people that like pay her bills, yeah, or like people that are listening to the radio and are like, okay, she's like doing like a rap flow kind of thing. But for her as a musician, she operates on a level of being like, okay, so I'm gonna do this jazz like kind of like scat flow on top of this other thing, on top of this other thing, so that the mathematics will work and that. I could still like get this in in this number of bars and make it sound tight. Yeah, and it's awesome. Yeah, mm. it's crazy. Like the mathematics on that, it's just people don't think that way. It's, I mean, it, over the overall album, it, it's it's just a sublime. Yeah, listen, when you know, like you were saying, you you sort of have to dig into it. And you know it, she is bringing it a little more to the masses. Mm-hmm. Like if you heard this that track in particular out at the club, be fine. You wouldn't. Right. You wouldn't. And you don't have to pay attention to it. That's right. true. You're just like, oh yeah, my girl's feeling that. I'm feeling that. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And that's good. But if then you get back home and you put it on, it's like double. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's one of those things where it's like, um, like you said, you you can. It works in so many different spaces, but. Mm-hmm. For people like us, you know, it's just one of those things you just really got to dig into. And I got to give Pitchfork credit. They they ran a review on it. Yes, they did. And it was really good. Like, Gia really got into For all a second, of I was like, did you write the review? I did not. No. I pitched it. They ran a review and I it was really good. In the- no, no <laughs> I didn't do that. But no, I pitched it and they were like, it was a sign. But yeah, she they did a really good job of breaking down mm-hmm. all, of, all of what we're talking about now because there's so much going on with it and... I just hope that it gets to do that it deserves, you know, because there's so much music out here now, but it's like, I think it's going to find the right ears. Yeah, she's smarter than the average musician, and that's almost like, it's like a gift and a curse. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny, I've been thinking about this all year long, and, like, the best albums coming out are stuff like this, and, like, Mm -hmm. and last year definitely was, I I think at the end of the year podcast, like, sorry, white indie kids, but you you lost. Yes. And... People are are at legitimately turning more towards this as they turn more towards. It's been a shift towards like Kendrick is responsible for it yeah. in a large part mm-hmm. towards more hip hop. We were talking with the uh, Black and yeah. we talking about Run the Jewels, uh, and you know, and seeing this, and then all of a sudden you have this exposes people to a whole different side of Black culture. Yeah, I think that was. I mean, it yeah. exposes you guys to right. this is British oh, yeah. Black culture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? And uh, I I think albums like that in my mind, tend to be a little more important. I mean, that's why we're talking about it, because if you make it through this year and you don't hear this, you're sort of doing yourself a disservice, even if you don't like it. I mean, you can listen to it Mm -hmm. and be like, it's not for me, you know, but if you don't at least like listen to it and try to understand what's going on in in the world right now and how people are taking our like combined history and doing stuff like this, 
like i don't know what you're doing yeah i mean i think that also speaks to like we're talking about laura mavula but you can also talk about blood orange which just came yes. out which is in the same yes. way which i was gonna ask you then can, can you come back and talk about blood orange <laughs> damn right i'm gonna come back <laughs> yeah. and talk about blood orange. yeah, yeah. And that, um, but that's and that's the exact same thing and yeah. marcus and i were talking yeah. uh, well dowling and i were talking about <laughs> yes. this and uh you know how it touches on like the 80s in a very specific way mm-hmm. that a lot of people just weren't aware of any of that going on and that he can come out and do that in 2016 yeah and and put that out there because these things don't go away no they're part they're part yeah. of our history like you know all this music like we, we just saw black milk for yeah. example mm-hmm. and black milk with net turner sound like the motherfucking time yes Okay, it doesn't go away, mm. and people are afraid to do it. But it's it's in there, and it's in what people are trying to do. Mm. Yeah, point a point to make that hit me at the Black Milk show. Hit me when I listened to this record. Hit me a, a lot of times this year. There's a point where you have to create a break yeah. between dance music and soul music. Yeah, and this is where we are right now because there was a point where like dance and rap are very friendly right now. Mm-hmm. And it's almost dumbed down rap to a point where it's Designer's Panda is the number one was the number one song in America because it combined dance and rap in equal measure. And it's just like that's combustible. It goes boom and blows up. So you have to create that disconnect. And when you create that disconnect, dance becomes the time. Mm-hmm. Who made soulful dance records that yeah. are yeah. that are danceable, but yeah. not dance music in the sense of techno. There's no way you can classify that music under a genre and say this is a, a dance related thing. <laughs> it, it was a shift for me. It's a huge shift in in what we considered like dance music stuff that had a groove yeah. to yeah. stuff that is just like four on the floor yeah. like hitting it and that you can move to or like trip your face off to or whatever you want to do yeah. that that pleases the masses it's, and and i'm seeing it come back around i'm seeing it in bands like that yeah so i mean it's funny because like you can like listen to like what nat turner is doing or listen to what like happens on this lower record and you with. should listen to what nat turner is doing yeah exactly oh, yeah. and so like there's like time signature shifts that are not four four yeah that happened and that's important that's it's a, real that's important. Absolutely important because you because we've dumbed the thing down and now we've gotten smarter again. It's like we 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 created a, a gap. There's a there's a thing that's happened now where it's like okay, so you could do funk related danceable music, and then also you could do like straight up and down soul music too with live artists. So there are yeah. rappers who are so there's. I said this two years ago. and It's still relevant right now. Kendrick Lamar is the best artist in r&b yeah no i mean he's, he's, he's the best artist period i i, I, I watched the formation video yeah the yeah. bt awards he's the best period yeah yeah, but yeah him yeah, and bay him and bay got a, it like, but he's yeah. not a rapper anymore to me yeah, but that's me, okay yeah i love it he's not you can't identify kendrick lamar's rapper kendrick lamar no he is vocalist and artist kendrick lamar because yeah. in creating that spread that break when when dance rap got together, okay, it just combustible thing happened. Boom, mm-hmm. everything just died. Like boom. Well, since it. we're since we're talking about that, and you bring yeah. up a good point, we also got to give credit to the Foreign Exchange for doing that. Yes, you yeah. know, especially on their last record, their la- their most recent record is nothing but the time Prince 
uh, Minneapolis funk. That's yeah. pretty much what it is. Right. And so I think they opened the door to a lot of that stuff, too. And since we're talking about the separation of soul and dance music and mm-hmm. all of that and stuff with a groove king did a really good job of that yeah they really did you know yes, they where it's did. like it's it's soul music and actually with i was groove. going there yeah yeah because like, yeah. because because the time change thing and king does a lot of this and, and then i mean they're they're a little more quiet storm right and yeah, that's okay of course we've talked about that we've had that conversation yeah uh you know but it's a biological fact those those little things in music and mm-hmm. those little nuances and stuff and even if the artist didn't know it, that they make it work, mm. your brain hears that and it makes you feel better. Mm-hmm, it makes right. you feel good. That's it engages you. And dance music and stuff got away from that. Ford floor. Yeah. And to see somebody who was not talking about Lauren now, to see somebody who is not in that mode, but clearly she's younger goes to clubs yeah mm-hmm. and be like you know what i want to incorporate some of that into this and make it show it its potential and i think that's ultimately what this album does right. like yeah like if you go into like i i hear this and i picture a uh slightly upscale british club yeah and i'm in there and this stuff's playing and uh it's just you know it's bottle service the whole night like, yeah you, you don't like you say you don't realize that it's even you don't even know what you're listening to but it's like oh that sounds really good but then yeah. when you come home and unpack it it's like oh this it's just an amazing record i yeah. think it's definitely one of the the best ones of the year yeah like, for sure if we're talking lists and yeah. all that no it's, it's amazing it's like a stellar record because anytime that you can get in a classical orchestra to play free soul music within the classical context and make what she's singing over. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, again, a classical orchestra, not playing free jazz, but playing ultimately free soul because there's like elements of dance and elements of jazz and that's just soul music. So it's like, okay, you guys are still classical. So stay in the classical mindset. So think about all the like, you know, the classical influences that you have, but just just be a little freer with it. Like you don't have to like, play these things by movement or fit everything into a measure like you can some stuff can leak over and it can be open i mean you you can do something like what colin stetson does and you you can do something like what he did last year which was not classical i mean this year he just straight up like reinterpreted goretzky's third symphony yeah but last year's one took all those influences and made something that honestly had a beat to it yeah you can do that and you, you can do that but you can i mean there's just be, be open in what you're thinking. Gotta be. Listen to this. If you're a musician, listen to this and be like, oh shit, I can do that. <laughs> like, That's right. true. That's true. Yeah, like, and you don't need permission. Right. Like, I mean, so, something, I mean, people often think that they do, but like, if you hear it and this is what it is, like, make best, it good. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, just put it out. You yeah. know, there's going to be ears for it. Yeah, to me, the best thing that happened to Laura Mavula is that she saw every single review that everybody has given her music and she went to the left of it. It's like, okay, yeah. so you think I'm Amy Winehouse and Adele? Well, I'm going to go to the left of that. So you think that I'm like a classically trained and, R&B artist? I'm going to go to the left of that. I'm just going to keep going to the left, and then I'm going to find the spot. I don't know if that was a direct reaction to it, but it certainly was a subconscious reaction. Yeah, it feels yeah. subconscious in a way. Like, there's a lot of like moments on the record where it's like, it's veering in this. No, it's not. It's ve- No, it's not. Because I feel like when you... God, if we had... If, we had, and if, and if any of us were like a, a, a top-tier soul artist, and we could... 
have that conversation with someone sitting on this couch. Album? Cat sounds, I, man, <laughs> I it's, it's fire. Yeah, it's fire. It's so lit. It is. Put it on Bandcamp. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Pay attention. Do your job. So, oh, so, so like I can just imagine that moment when like you're like going to the studio and you're making your most important record. This is Lord Mahul's like yeah. most important record, yeah. and you're like, okay, I don't want the people that review this record, the people that listen to this record to think anything that they've thought about my music at any other point since I've been making music. Yeah. And then it ends up way over here. And that's the spot where it should have always been. But it took like all those moments, all those like microaggressions against your music for it to get to this point where it's like, okay, I'm going to stay here. Because mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to say anything about my music that they've said before. Mm-hmm. I want fresh commentary on my sound because this is who I am. Because I don't, yeah. Staying in this area led, led to too much antagonism. Yeah. So you get over there and it's like free. Yep. I can hear that. I can see that. Yeah. Some more. What you going to do with this? Man, you know, I don't know if I can do anything at this point. Like, uh, I pitched the review. Um, so you just gonna you just buy it? It's like it's yours. I just bought it. Yeah. yeah, I just bought it. I'm just you know that's the one people thing. People should about, buy it. Is what you're saying? People should buy it. Yes. People should buy it. I'm right. probably just gonna hang out with it. I think when the vinyl comes out, I'm gonna get it. Yeah, and that's yeah. It, I man. think that might be a good good option. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> buy, buy the vinyl on this one. Get the vinyl. What about you, Dallin? I'll buy the vinyl on this one. Yeah. Oh no, and I'll and I'll give it to some well-meaning person who has a record player and needs to like you know listen to good music. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, I'll do the same and yes. because yeah, this is a uh, it's been a protracted listen. We have a while to think about this one since we oh, kept putting yeah. it off, and and even just today, just going through it, I was like, damn, like I need to. I'm all about slowing down because we've been launching his fucking thing. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I and this was this was like a nice dot com. Not yet. This is a nice thing uh, today to like slow down to and be like, oh, all right, mm-hmm. here we go. So uh, yeah, thank you guys for coming down. Oh, and, thank uh, you, man. And uh, if you can come back for Blood Orange, both of you, let me know. We down. might have to. We have to get like twenty people in here. Because, yeah, no, yeah, we might have to get <laughs> like full squad. Also, yes. and actually, I saw this. Today. I don't trust this. I don't know if you guys trust it. Frank Ocean on the sixteenth. Sixteenth of like November, though, right? No, I'm sorry. No, uh, July. July. It's it's coming. He's ready to drop. Yeah. Really. You know uh, what it is. Uh, yeah, you know what he's getting. You guys, you guys, will you be here if it does? I don't yeah, think it's going to. I think he's. I, I, I will come back for that. I okay, think, for I sure. Think, I think that Frank record's been done, and now he's just like antsy because everybody's dropping it. Everybody's fire. Yeah. So it's like when your friend when your friend drops a record. So when your friend is Blood Orange and he puts out that record, and you're like, damn. Yeah. And when your friends with like Beyonce and she goes on the BET Awards with Kendrick, it is like you're just like, damn. And you're sitting on this record, and you know that like you wanted to have your own this little should have been out last year, Frank, spot. Frank, we know you listen. We know you're holding, bro. He's holding. <laughs> you, we know Drop you're holding. That. So thank you guys for coming down. No problem, I'll man. see you soon. Laura Mavula's The Dreaming Room. Uh, it's available now on streaming and record stores wherever you may be. I believe there's a tour in the works. I'm not sure. 
Uh, but if you dug that, please look into her. And if you're if you listen to it and you're not still not sure, still check out the album. Especially if you're on like a free Spotify, what do you have to lose? You know, it's often in, you know, when you just take a chance in this stuff. Sometimes it shakes something loose. Sometimes you start liking things you didn't know you like or just had no idea existed. And and that I think is what makes us uh, makes you feel better. Like you're saying, just explore, explore yourself, uh, and and. Use Laura Mavula's album as sort of a tool for that. Uh, you know, maybe it won't click, but I think, I suspect that if you listen to it, you will find yourself wanting to celebrate her entire catalog uh, as it should be duly celebrated. And uh, thanks again to the Mark Guy for coming down. Always a great time with them hanging out down here in the basement. For my money, they are two of the uh, best and smartest music journalists in the world uh, today. And I'm not saying that just because they're my friends. They, uh, they're turning out some astounding work. Uh, Marcus all over the place, and now at getting over uh, the podcast, and then uh, Marcus Moore up at Bandcamp. Just uh, just staggering what they what they're doing and what they've gone from like zero to like a million in a few short years. It's it's sort of crazy. So, uh, but you know, hopefully they'll be back soon. I know Marcus Dowling will, but and I know Moore will too. So. Uh, thanks again to them. Before we get out of here this week, we're going to play a little track for you. Going to play a track for you that's something that we may get around to covering the album. I hope we get around to talking to this artist in October. We almost did uh, a couple weeks ago. Talking about Sarah Watkins of uh, Nickel Creek fame. That's where most of you guys know her. But she's played around in a bunch of bands. Uh, she's played with the Decembers for a while, filling in for one of their members when they were dealing with cancer. And... Um, Played in a band called I'm With Her, which is a trio that just performed at the Kennedy Center with Chris Thiele, her ex-Nickel uh, Creek bandmate. Uh, and she's put out a couple solo albums, and now she has a, a new solo album out called Young in All the Wrong Ways. Uh, it's a little bit uh, of a departure from her earlier stuff, not quite as folky, although it's all in there. You know, If you're a fan of Sarah Watkins, you're going to be a fan of this. Uh, so we figured we'd play the title track for you, uh, just to get this in your head in case we don't get to it a couple weeks down the road. So here you go. This is Sarah Watkins with the new track, Young in All the Wrong Ways, off the album of the same name. Young in all the wrong ways Young in all the wrong ways You take this planet clear
Young and All the Wrong Ways from Sarah Watkins. Uh, she's going to be touring that around, if you dig that. It's out now. The album is out now, not just the single. It's up on streaming, but you can go buy it. And uh, she will hopefully be coming to your town soon enough. I know she's going to be here in D.C. again on in October. I believe it's October 6th uh, at the Hamilton, even. Uh, but once we get closer to that date, we'll be sure to let you know about it. Uh, so yeah, if you, if you if you dug that, then go out and uh, dig it some more. Buy it, pick it up, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about it a little more later on the on the year. Um, that's our podcast for this week. We thank you guys for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us. Please rate us. Uh, you can do that on iTunes. You can do it on Google Play. We are on Mixcloud and Stitcher, both free apps if you like uh what is it overcast if that's that's your pod catcher of choice you can do that or you can listen to us right on the site um or like our friend mary mclaughlin does sometimes you can say email me and say hey can you email me the episode and i might do that um yeah because we want people to listen to us however they want to listen to us um come back next week we got um the big the big two the big 200 it's gonna be next thursday and uh, I still am sort of in, in, uh, in a little state of disbelief of who we got for that. Like I said, it's, it's going to be an interview. Um, it's going to be a name you, all of you know, and it's, uh, it's not a musician either. But it's somebody really, music is embedded in their, in their soul, in their career. They, they've done a lot for the music community, and uh, especially around D.C., and... I, I'm just sort of astounded that, that we get to do this. I don't know. I don't know anything like this has been done, actually. At least as far as they're concerned, I haven't heard something like this. So uh, that's coming next Thursday. And before that, you're going to talk to, uh, I believe, Mail the Horse. It might be Mystery Lights, though. I got to check. I got to check the schedule. One of those. It's going to be right around there. You got Mystery Lights. You got the mystery guest for episode 200, and then and then Mail the Horse in some order. 
Uh, so look forward to that and do tune in. And uh, yeah, that's it. We're out. So we'll talk to you guys in a few days. Until then, be good to your ears, be better to your people. See you later. Kenobi! <laughs> 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 <laughs>